Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In Genesis 14, Genesis 14, the Bible tells us the story of a man called Lot. Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Bible says that when he made a decision to go and dwell from Abraham, Bible says that there was a time when he was captured. Genesis 14 now tells us about how Abraham went to war in order to rescue his nephew Lot. And by the time you get to chapter 15, beginning from verse number 1, the Bible tells us, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. The question is, why is the Lord telling Abraham not to be afraid? You need to understand that the Lord is talking to a guy that he told to get out of his father's house and Abraham left at the command of the Almighty God. If this is the Abraham that followed the Lord to a place that he did not know. This is the same Abraham that during the course of following the Almighty God, he exposed himself to all sorts of danger. And in fact, he went to war because of the fact that he left his comfort zone and fought hostile enemy. And now the Lord is saying to the same guy, do not be afraid. It seems to be odd that the Lord is telling somebody who has done all that, somebody with that kind of a history of obedience and following the Lord, it seems odd that the Lord will give him that kind of instruction. Why would the Lord do that? Why would the Lord be telling Abraham that he should not be afraid? But if you look at verse 2 of Genesis 15, the Bible gave us a clue as to why the Lord was telling Abraham to not to be afraid. Verse 2 tells us, But Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. This verse of scripture simply suggests to us that the Lord was telling Abraham not to be afraid because Abraham was concerned that his work with the Lord was not going to produce the desired result, which is a child. That he was going to have a fruitless work with the Lord. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? In other words, I left my home. I left my family. I left everyone. And now I've been walking with you in this wilderness. And you told me when I was about to leave that I'm going to have a child. What will you give me? Because time is running out. Abraham was concerned that his work with the Almighty God was not going to produce any result. That was why the Lord told him, don't be afraid. Number two, the Lord was telling Abraham not to be afraid because Abraham was beginning to get worried as he was getting old. He had no child to take over all the things that he has worked for. The Bible says that in verse number two, Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And the hair of my house is one Eliezer of, of Damascus. And I've been following you. I'm getting old. I don't have anybody to take over all these blessings that you are giving me, except for a guy from Damascus. He's beginning to get concerned, and the Lord is trying to say, hey, oh boy, relax. I'm going to give you this child. 
Number three, the Lord was telling Abraham not to be afraid because Abraham was worried that since he had no child, all his property was going to be inherited by a servant that was born in his house. Verse number three, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, no one born in my house is going to be in my head. In other words, one of the slaves that were born in my house are going to be the one to take over everything because you have not given me a child. So that was why he was worried. And these worries were legitimate because that was what the Lord promised him when he was about to step out of his father's house. And the interesting thing is that the Lord did not rebuke Abraham for thinking like that. The Lord did not rebuke Abraham for bringing up the subject of what am I going to get? I don't have a child. The Lord did not say that Abraham's questions were crazy talk. No, but the Lord calmed the nerves of Abraham and reassured him in verse number four. Verse number four, the Bible says, and behold, the word of the Lord came to Abraham saying, this one shall not be your hair. In other words, that Eliezer of Damascus, forget it. It's not going to be your hair. He said, but one who will come from your own body shall be your loin. In other words, no servant that is in this house is going to inherit the work that you have done. No Eliezer will inherit the work that you have done. Somebody that you are going to be biologically responsible for, that is the person that will inherit your work. In verse number five, then he brought him outside and said, look now towards the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. In other words, Abraham was getting to the point where he was beginning to question the validity of the promise of the Almighty God for his life. He was beginning to ask himself, what is the essence of following the Lord? And the Lord was telling him, he was reassuring him again. He said that number one, forget about the idea that Eliezer is going to be the one that took over. Forget about the fact that some servant will take over your property. He said, because the person that will take over your hair is going to be somebody that you are going to give back to. And then he now tells them, he said, look at the star. If you can count them, that's how numerous your children are going to be. That's how it's going to be. He's basically reassuring him. In other words, the Lord was telling Abraham, relax. You are going to have the full portion that I have promised you. That's basically what the Lord was telling you. And if you read the rest of the chapter, chapter 15 of Genesis, you will begin to see how the Lord opened the eyes of Abraham. You began to tell him the revelations of what will happen. And he said 400 years after, they are going to inherit the same land where Abraham was occupying. But the question still remains, why was it necessary for God to tell Abraham do not be afraid. Why was it necessary? Abraham trusted him. He knows Abraham trusted him. Why was it necessary for the Lord to tell Abraham, do not be afraid? And by extension, why is it that the Lord tells us in scriptures not to be afraid? Why is it that is the most common instruction that you see in scripture? Why is it necessary? Let me suggest to you that the Lord told Abraham not to be afraid because the Lord knows. The Lord knows that no man is immune to fear and worry and anxiety. No man is immune to it. The Bible tells us in the book of Job chapter 3 verse 25. It said, for the things that I greatly fear has come upon me and what I dread has happened to me. In other words, Job will wake up one day and just think about the idea. I have all these kids. They are having so much fun. It is possible that they might do something. He was always concerned for his children. And that tells us God understood that in the heart of man, there is no immunity towards fear. And that was why he had to tell Abraham, I know you are following me. I know you trust me. I know you have taken a step of faith. But please, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Whatever I told you I'm going to do, I will do. It may appear as if it's taking long for you, but I will do what I will do. So the Lord told him, number one, do not be afraid because 
No one is immune to fear. Number two, Lord told him so that he will not grant access. He knows that fear, once you give room to fear, it opens the door for the enemy to come in. Once you open the door for fear, the Lord knows that fear opens the door for the enemy to come in and take a foothold in the life of the individual. And that's why Paul the Apostle, when he was writing, said, Give no place to the devil. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't even open the door by fear. It doesn't mean that you live in denial. It simply means that you put things in perspective. It's reminding Abraham, don't be afraid because fear grants access to the enemy. Number three, the Lord was telling Abraham, do not be afraid. And the Lord is telling us today, do not be afraid because the Lord knows that fear weakens and compromises your faith. Fear weakens and compromises your faith. The Bible makes us to understand that no man can serve two masters. You cannot have faith and have fear at the same time. It is not possible. So the Lord is saying, Abraham, if you continue to mess with this idea and let this idea of not having children mess with you, it's going to compromise your faith. It's going to weaken your faith. It's going to weaken your walk with me. Number four, the Lord is telling Abraham, do not be afraid because the Lord knows that fear has a way of blurring your vision and altering your perspective. It doesn't allow you to see things the way they are. And it has a way of changing your perspective. And that is why it is possible because of fear. You now begin to walk against the people that are actually working for you. Because of fear, you now begin to run away from the people that actually are in your own corner. Because of fear, you begin to do the things that are contrary to your own welfare and to your own well-being. And the Lord was telling Abraham, don't be afraid because fear has the potential, has the ability to blow your vision. You are not going to be able to see properly anymore. You're not going to be able to see the promises that I'm giving unto you. You're not going to be able to see the things that I have planned and purposed for you. And you will have an altered vision. Because the things that you used to believe, because of fear, you will not be able to believe them anymore. So don't allow fear in your heart. And finally, the Lord told Abraham not to be afraid. Because the Lord knows that fear has the potential to paralyze and invalidate the promise of God in our lives. You know the story of the ten spies. The Bible told them, Go into the promised land, survey the land. They did. They saw all the good things. But because of fear, the Bible says that they were in their eyes like grasshoppers. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. And because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, they were paralyzed with fear. And because they were paralyzed with fear, the promise of God was invalidated in their life. The Bible tells us in Numbers 14, if you read verse 22, it said, Because these men who have seen my glory and have put me to test and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their father, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. In other words, as long as you allow fear to fester, as long as you allow fear to take root, as long as you allow fear to, to dominate your thought and dominate your life, it has a way of paralyzing you. It has a way of invalidating the promise of God in your life. Which means that what you are supposed to do, the things that God makes available, you will find it very difficult to access and to be able to benefit from them because you will not want to do anything because fear has paralyzed all your activity. And these are some of the reasons that the Lord Almighty was telling Abraham. He said, oh boy, Abraham, make sure you don't allow this issue of children to consume you. Do not open the door for the enemy because of this issue of children. I told you I'm going to give you a child. I will give you a child. Our God knows that the longer that Abraham dwells on the fact that he had no child, the more access Abraham will give to the enemy to mess him up. And that's what we do every day. 
when we dwell on the same issue and we see only the negative, there is no way faith will be built when we focus all our attention on the images that the enemy is pumping to us. The more we allow fear to fester in our life, the more we lose faith in the reality of God's word and God's promises for our life. The more we allow fear of the current situation to consume our life, the more difficult it will be for us to be able to access and to unlock our divine portion. And that is why from Genesis to Revelation, one of the most common instructions that God gives, do not fear, do not be afraid, do not fear, do not be afraid. Even with people who are closest to him, he keeps saying the same thing, do not fear, do not be afraid. Now we've been talking about fear. What is this thing that we call fear? What is fear and how can you overcome it in your life? Carl Albert. Fear is an anxious feeling caused by our anticipation of some imagined event or experience. Another definition says fear is a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or an apprehension of impending danger. These two definitions, if you distill them together, they are basically saying fear is an emotional response to something that has not yet happened. You are basically afraid of what may never happen. It's just like when you say, come and do public speaking. A lot of people are terrified because they say, I don't know what I'm going to do well. I don't know whether people will like me. You don't know. That is why you should not even be worried in the first place. But fear is an emotional response to something that has not yet happened. Number two, fear is a reaction to the information provided to us after our mind has processed the information, interpreted them, and sent it to us. In other words, you see something. Your mind reads the situation. You interpret the information and you respond to it. That's basically what fear is all about. That's the process. The feeling of fear is a basic reaction to the information that our mind is feeding us. And that's why you see a snake. Your mind tells you, that thing is not good. Danger. And what happened? You react to it. Just a quick sidebar. How your mind interprets the information it received is a function of the things that you expose your mind to and the things that influences your thoughts. So how your mind processes information, how your mind interprets information is a function of what is going on inside of your mind. And that's why the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. And to the one who is defiled, nothing can be pure. And that is why you might be looking at the same situation and you will interpret it. Why is it touching you like that? If he has no objective, if he has no plan. It's because of what is going on in your mind, that is what you are projecting into the situation. That is why the Bible makes it very clear. It says, guard your heart. Because out of it comes the issue of life. Whatever is going on in your heart is the way you are going to interpret life and respond to life. So if our minds are filled with anger and envy and jealousy, our minds will process information based on what is already inside of the heart. So when your mind is filled with jealousy, when you see your husband now talking to this insanely beautiful woman, you will lose your cool immediately. You will lose your cool. Because that is what is in the heart. If your heart is filled with unforgiveness and insecurity, that is the way your mind will process information. And that is why when people do something to you, you make up your mind and say, over my dead body will I forgive this individual. Even when they are sincerely sorry and they have shows of repentance, you will still not let it go. Because that is what is in your mind. And if you feed your mind with junk, 
We feed our minds with unforgiveness. Feed our minds with anger. Feed our mind with all sorts of things. You will begin to find out that when we see situation or we are exposed to situation, it will automatically respond to the way that we have trained it to function. It will respond based on the information that we have fed it over the year. How we respond or react to the information our mind processes and provides to us this year will determine whether we are afraid or confident about what God has available for us. So fear is not an only an emotional issue. It's also a response to what is already inside of your heart. Fear is not just an emotional thing. It's not just a psychological thing. It's not just as a result of what you feed your mind. It's also a spiritual reality. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 tells us, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So you see, God did not create anyone with the spirit of fear. But it is a spiritual entity called fear that comes upon an individual and causes them to be ensnared anytime they face a situation. And the same thing, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 tells us, God has not given us the spirit of fear. That tells us fear is an entity. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to understand one thing. Not everything that we are afraid of is spiritual in nature. Right? There are normal fear. You must understand that there is a spiritual dimension to it also. Ordinarily, if we come into this room as we're talking right now, somebody just comes in with a very scary Halloween mask. Many of us will be startled. That is a normal reaction. But when an individual is so paralyzed by the fear of something, either the fear of death or the fear of accident or the fear of disease or whatever the fear might be, when you are so paralyzed by the fear that you are unable to function, something else is going on. And that's why David said, oh my soul, why are you downcasted? When you are overcome with fear, it has a way of bringing depression upon the life of an individual. It has a way of weighing down the spirit of that person that they are not able to function. And that is why you must understand that apart from the psychological and the emotional aspect of fear, there is also the spiritual aspect of fear. And for us to unlock our divine portion this year, we must learn to overcome fear that hinders us from unlocking and accessing what God has in store for us. Now, why must you overcome fear as an individual? Why must we overcome fear as a family? Why must we overcome fear as a church? My brothers and sisters, like I said earlier on, we need to overcome fear because it has a way of paralyzing people. It has a way of paralyzing people. In Matthew 25, the Bible tells us of the parable of this talent, where a master gave talents to his servant. One he gave five, another one he gave two, another one he gave one. If you read the Bible carefully, the Bible says that the one that received one, when the time came for accounting, look at verse number 25 of Matthew 25. The Bible says, and I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, here you have what is yours. Because of fear, this man will not even venture to put the money in the bank. Because of fear, this man will not venture to do anything about that money. He just took it because he didn't want to lose it. He buried it. That is what fear does. And that's why you must overcome it. There are many who are not moving forward, not because God has not provided opportunities for us, not because they are, no, they are not talented, not because they are not hardworking, but they are so afraid of change. They are so afraid of doing something new that they remain on the same spot. They don't want to fail. 
They don't want to make mistakes. And you know that any man who will not make mistakes is not ready to move forward. So, one of the reasons why you must overcome fear if you want to access what God has in store for you this year is because fear has the power to paralyze. Number two, fear has the power to steal opportunities from you. Because there are times when the Lord Almighty will open a door for you. And all you have to do is just step through it. And if you are so afraid, or you want to make sure everything works, you want to have total certainty, you will not be able to take that opportunity. The Bible tells in the book of Judges chapter 7, Gideon was about to go to war. He said, now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 20,000 of the people returned. Only 10,000 remained. 30,000 came to have the opportunity to fight and to defeat the people who were oppressing children of Israel at that time. 30,000 people showed up. And God said, announce to them, Anyone who is afraid, let him go back. 20,000 of them went back. Two-thirds of the people who were supposed to go to battle went back. That tells you fear was so paralyzing that they lost the opportunity. That's what fear can do in the life of an individual. And that is the reason why you must make sure that this year, the opportunities that God is going to make available for me, I will not lose it. Number three, we must overcome fear in our life because fear has the power to make us compromise. When you are afraid, you will do things you normally will not do. And you will do things that you know are wrong. You will testify to things that you know that are wrong. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians chapter 2, reading from verse number 12. The Bible says that when Peter, before the people who came from Jerusalem, Peter was having fun with the people, eating with the Gentiles. And as soon as those people came from Jerusalem, because of fear, the Bible says that Peter withdrew. Look at how Paul recorded this in Galatians chapter 2 verse 12. He said, but before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Because of fear. A man who has met with Jesus, a man who has walked with Jesus, a man whose shadow was healing the sick, was afraid. And that tells you fear has the power to cause you to compromise if you don't take that. That is why you need to deal with it. That is why we need to overcome it. It makes us to do things that we normally will not do. Fear also forces us to deny the truth that we know. We all know the story. Jesus Christ told Peter. He said, Peter, you are going to deny me three times. And Peter said, well, that is not going to happen. I'm a superman. The Bible now told us that when Jesus was not arrested, in Luke twenty-two fifty-six, the Bible said, a servant girl for that matter, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. Peter denied him saying, woman, I do not know him. He knew that he was lying. But because of fear, he had to deny the truth that he knew. That is why we must deal with fear in our lives. Because it forces you to do things that you ordinarily will not do. It forces you to deny the truth that you know. Not only that, we need to deal with fear in our life because it denies us access to where we are supposed to go. Bible tells us about those ten spies. Fear denied them access into the promised land. Fear denied them access into the promise that their fathers received. All they had to do was enter into the promised land, but because of fear, access was denied them. And that is why anyone who wants to unlock and access what God has made available for him or her this year, such an individual 
must confront the fears that they have. The fear of failure. The fear of rejection. The fear of unknown. Whatever the fear is called, we must confront and overcome those fears if we want to access what God has in store for us. And I want to quickly put a note in here. You will notice I keep saying overcome, not eliminate. Overcome, not eliminate. I'm saying overcome because whether we like it or not, there will be something that will be challenging to us. There will always be something that will cause us a level of anxiety. But what I am saying when I say overcome the fear in our life, I am saying in spite of your fear, take an action. In spite of the, the roaring of the enemy, continue to move. In despite your fear, pursue your goal. Pursue your dream. Do something. Obey the Lord. Step out of your comfort zone. That is what I'm saying. Overcome the fear. And the reason I'm telling you that is because fear is a fact of life. You cannot eliminate it out of life. There is always going to be something that will cause you a level of anxiety. There's always going to be that unknown factor in everywhere you go. You're starting a new business, you're starting a new career, you're pursuing a dream, whatever it is, there's always that potential for it to fail. If that is the case, then you will not do anything. But I'm saying, I'm urging you to live and to act and to pursue life in spite of your fear, because fear is a fact of life. There's nothing you can do about it. Not only that, I'm urging you to live and to act and to pursue life in spite of fear because fear, if you allow it, is a very, very costly emotion. It will cost you your finances. It will cost you your relationship. It will cost you your marriage. It will cost you your career if you allow it to fester in your life. Bible makes us to understand that there was a man called Gideon. This man was afraid. But yet, the Bible tells us, the Lord gave him a clear instruction. But even with that clear instruction, there was fear. That tells us that fear is a constant in life. Why I'm urging you to live and to act and to pursue life in spite of fear is because every action you take concerning the goal or whatever you are pursuing, every action you take weakens the power of fear over your life. Take, for instance, you are afraid of speaking. And you stand up one day and you say just one word. Tomorrow is going to get better. Tomorrow is going to get better. And before you know what's happening, you won't even remember that you are afraid of it. The same thing when you're about to start a business. And as you move forward, you begin to realize that this thing is not as difficult. The only regret you will have is that you should have started earlier. So every action you take weakens fear. That is why I'm urging you to overcome fear. And the more you do, the less fear comes next time. That is why I'm asking you to take action this year. Regardless of what it is, as long as it's the will of God and the Lord is giving you the instruction to pursue it, I'm urging you, take action this year. Even if you're afraid, pursue that dream. Pursue that project. Do something that will move you from where you are to where you need to be. Pursue your dream even when it scares the daylight out of you. Just pursue that dream. Put one step forward and see what God will do. Now, to effectively overcome fear, we must be able to identify the source of that fear in our life. What are you afraid of and why are you afraid of it? What is the source of that particular problem? The Bible tells us, he say, he has not given us the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7. He has not given us the spirit of fear. Since God has not given us the spirit of fear, where does fear come from? Where is it coming from? What is it that causes fear to occupy our hearts? Because if you know where that fear is coming from, 
then you know how to be able to deal with it. And to give us an idea of where fear comes from, look at Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, reading from verse number 8, the Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. So where does fear come from? Fear comes when you live a life of disobedience. That's the first thing. When you live a life apart from the laws of God. When you live a life that is contrary to the will of God. When you are living a life that is contrary to the agreement of that relationship. Fear will come in. Number two, fear comes when you have the wrong perception of God, the wrong perception of your friend, the wrong perception of your business, the wrong perception of the thing that is supposed to be a standard. When you have the wrong perception of God, definitely fear will come in. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.